You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Randy Valentine. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Global Media Outreach. Randy, thanks for being on the show. Man, Zach, thank you so much. It's great to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation today. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about global media outreach and your role within the organization, what you do on kind of a day-to-day basis? Sure, absolutely. So um, global media outreach has actually been around for uh, over 15 years and really in a lot of ways are a pioneer in the online uh, evangelism and discipleship uh, arena. And so I've been with them about six months now and um, was brought on to really, how do we how do we bring to the United States awareness of who we are and what we do and the importance of evangelism and discipleship? And so, um, you know, really just kind of on the front end of that, um, trying, still trying to figure that out. And so basically what I do on a day-to-day basis is uh, connect with people, uh, create strategy around uh, how we're going to do this. I mean, we're working on brand, we're working on the brand promise, we're working on, you know, just kind of reconfiguring a lot of things internally. Um, so that we can go, hopefully at the beginning of 2021, out with kind of a, a, a different message and a way to reach people um, about who we are and what we do. And there's a whole bunch underneath that <laughs> that I probably don't have enough time to explain to you. But there's there's a lot going on. But but generally speaking, you know what? I just want people to know who we are and what we do, and I want them to come along and join us. And uh, it's 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 a lot of fun what we get to do every day. Yeah, that's really cool. So you talked about brand and and this brand promise that kind of sparks a, something interesting on our end. I mean, that's kind of what we help ministries do. But how do you how do you guys think about brand and brand promise and and not just you know, you know building a ministry that is uh, doing your day to day stuff, but building a brand that. Uh, donors and an audience can get on board with and get become loyal to, and hopefully, like the our goal and and all ministries is be to have uh, donor bases that are brand advocates and are are sharing our ministry on our behalf. So, how do you how do you guys think about that whole process? You know, that's that's a great question. I, I love talking about this. So. From my perspective, um, yeah, I've been doing marketing stuff now for about 25 years. You know, I was in for-profit world before going to nonprofit um, about 14 years ago. And one of the things I've learned, you know, throughout those years is it's it's so much more than just our product or our service. And hey, come and, and buy our service, come and buy our product, etc. There's got to be something in it for those who are involved with your organization. And so, from a, a Christian nonprofit or evangelism type of organization. And I fully believe that if you're going to uh, engage with us, your life needs to be changed. I feel like everybody who encounters global media outreach, whether you're on the front end, you're a seeker and you don't know who Jesus is and you've come to know the Lord for the first time and now you're getting discipled or 
you're a, a believer and you've been a believer for, for 50 years, when you encounter us on either of those ends, you should, you should be changed. And so that's kind of my, my goal in, in thinking through, you know, who we are, how we communicate what we do and inviting people in to participate in this thing called global media outreach. And, you know, the other part of this is, you know, it's not our ministry, it's the Lord's ministry. Um, it's his, and I believe mm-hmm. it's near and near to his heart. And so he is all about change. God is all about, you know, creating us to be better and, um, you know, wanting us to be disciples. And then, you know, there, there's a whole bo- a whole bunch that goes on with that. But I, I kind of came up with this phrase. Um, this isn't an external phrase, uh, but it's something that we use internally. But it's a, awakening hope through true relationship. And that is my goal, whether you're a non-believer or a believer. God wants to awaken hope in us. And we do that through relationship, relationship with each other, relationship with the Lord, and that's got to be real, true relationship, which really is discipleship. And so that internal phrase that we're using is is really shifting and and changing the way we communicate and um, you know the way we want to do things. And so it's that's kind of that brand promise, that driving phrase that is you know trying to shift everything we do internally. And, you know, it's not easy. Fifteen year old mm-hmm. organization, we've been doing things a certain way for a long time, and so it's a it's a bit of a process. And so, but like I said before, though, it's so fun because when you see people kind of get it, even just internally within the the staff of Global Media Outreach, um, you kind of see the light bulb go off and you're like, yes, there's hope awakening in you as well. And that you get to participate in this amazing thing that God is doing around the world. And it's, it's, man, it's so much fun. Yeah. Well, and this is something that we think about a lot too at Reliant is, okay, what does it look like for, to help ministries build brands, like, like brands that are, you think about apples and Coke and Tesla and NFL and all these brands that uh, people are incredibly loyal to. I mean, Mm -hmm. to the point of uh, worship, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, if, for-profit commercial brands can create that kind of loyalty and, and brand advocacy. What would it look like for ministries to work towards building that? Obviously the goal is not to be worshiping these organizations, but uh, to build this brand loyalty and advocacy that donors are saying, Hey, I love this brand so much. I want to just share it with everybody that I come in contact with and talk about it and, and post the content on its behalf to my network. And um, that, that's just something that's always what we're striving to help ministries do is build these brands that people can get on board with and say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, get behind this organization, get behind this ministry and and be a part of it beyond just financially investing or, or praying for the organization. Um, that's right. That yeah, kind of it, brand loyalty can, can be powerful for ministries. It really can. And I think there's, there's probably a lot of nonprofits out there that don't really maybe understand that very well. Um, and so it's, you're, you're spot on. I mean, you want to create that, uh, that advocacy. So, um, they become your, your friends, your allies. And then they're, mm-hmm. I call it kind of, uh, where they are engaged in, in being launched to really become your advocate or your ambassador or your mouthpiece or whatever on your behalf and you're not even really having to equip them. I mean, maybe you do, but they're just out there talking about you because they love what you do so much and they're so involved and they see the results and the impact that this ministry is having. Um, that's really, a, that that's the ultimate goal. 
And so, um, yeah, man, you're spot on. Well, and I think it comes down a lot to beyond just providing whatever service you're providing as a ministry or whatever cause you're fighting for, uh, creating an experience and providing value to that donor base beyond, uh, I, there's a lot of, I think, and we say this a lot, there's intrinsic value in, uh, sharing the, sharing a transformed life, right? There's mm-hmm. in the, the sharing that story. There's intrinsic value in that. So how do we, as ministry brands, think about providing an experience for a donor and, and cr- providing value? And I think this kind of goes toward my next question for you guys. Is that how you're thinking about things is providing experience, providing value for a donor base? And is some of that, what has got you, I mean, ROI ministry name, you guys like top 10 ministries in the world to be investing in uh, one, because I think that there's just a lot of accountability and statistics behind what you guys are doing. But beyond that, like you're a brand that uh, is creating a, that experience and that value uh, for the donor base beyond just, Hey, here's the service we're providing. Yes. You know, it's historically, you know, because we're, you know, online, digital, um, everything is tracked. And so we, we know the stats I and mean, we know real time what's happening right now. In fact, we have a, a website called witness to all.com, which, which tracks real time. It resets every 24 hours, every, every night at midnight. And you can see what's happening from discipleship activity to gospel visits to um, indicated decisions for Christ. And so we have data. And I think that's one of the reasons that uh, the ROI ministries, you know, chose us and works with us and says that, hey, this is a, an amazing ministry because they took all our stats and all of the, the data that we have. And we said, hey, this is what we see. They took it. They analyzed it themselves and they came out with the conclusion and said, hey, you know what? Yeah, they're right. And it's a really effective and efficient ministry, um, you know, top 10 out there. And so so that was a real um you know, a real blessing for us to be able to be recognized by them. But there's the other side of it that you you mentioned, and that is the transform lives. And so that goes beyond data. Data is important, and we got to tell the data story. Mm. But man, there's there's lives that are being changed. You know, the Bible talks about you know the celebration that happens every time someone says yes uh, to Jesus, and someone you know is is enters the kingdom. Well, we see almost fifty thousand people a day in an indicated decision for Christ. Um, that's a lot of celebrations going on in heaven. And let's talk about that person who was just said yes to Jesus. How is their life being changed? What is different in their, in in their life and in their community, in their family? Now we know there's some cultures where that can be very detrimental to them and very dangerous to them saying yes to Jesus. In fact, we have a lot of stories that everybody's heard this of, you know, families just running them off and saying no you know, this Christianity thing is, is a cult or whatever, you know, get out and they're shunned from their family. And so that's, you know, um, that's maybe the negative side of it. But at the same time, they're, they've, they're now part of a, a larger family, you know, a global family. And so connecting them from a discipleship perspective is key. But then there's the other side of things here in the United States. What is, you know, Sally Smith down the street just accepted Christ for the first time, you know, 46 year old, uh, you know, housewife. And how is her life different? And how has that changed her family? How is that changing her community? What does it look like for her? Those are amazing stories of transformation mm-hmm. that just prove that Jesus really is the answer to everything. And, you know, we're, we're seeing so many stories right now of people responding to, you know, keywords like hopelessness and, you know, 
um, anxiety and on and on and on and seeing people's lives turned around because they, they see the hope that they have in Jesus. And so the story is big and that's really a key element to generating not only interest for your organization, but then, you know, allowing people to, to realize, you know, those who are donors or what have you, wow, I really am making a difference in the lives of people and, and I am making an impact for the kingdom. And, uh, that's, again, that's that hope that awakens in them as well. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a real full circle thing, man. We, we need the data, but we need the stories. And, uh, but you know, it's funny finding those stories. Isn't always easy and <laughs> you get little mm. bits and pieces sometimes, but you don't always get, uh, you know, the full story sometimes. And so, um, it can also be a challenge, I think for some ministries as well. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously that's core to our purpose as a ministry is, is the importance of story and the importance of taking those stories and communicating them to the church and your donor base. Uh, that's, that's really good. Now, are, are you guys, are you focusing on um, any particular uh, areas or demographics or is, like, are you focusing on unre- unreached people groups or language groups? What does that kind of look like for your, the f- focus of the work you guys are doing? Sure. So, you know, as an organization, we really kind of, um, there's, there's two main focuses for us. There's the corporate side that I'm over and in my, my focus is really believers in the United States, just to share about who we are and what we do. But the bulk of the ministry is, is on what we call the seeker side of things. So to your point, um, reaching out to the lost, reaching out to, um, those who are, you know, struggling and hurting. Um, and so the way we go about it, which is unique as well, and, you know, digitally, the internet allows us to do this. We actually reach people via language. And so as opposed to being um, geographically focused. And so we work in the top 12 internet languages, um, meaning we'll place ads um, in those top 12 languages all over the world. Um, and then we see responses, of course, from all over the world. We've had responses literally from every country on the planet of people saying yes to Jesus. And so that allows us to get into places where most some organizations can't. It allows us to reach people that some organizations can't. Um, you know, one of the stats is that uh, there's more cell phone accounts than there are people on the planet, meaning <laughs> most people have at least one cell phone. And so um, and then 95% of the planet is within reach of a cell phone signal. So we can reach people in places that some organizations can't. Um, and so again, but by doing that by language, um, it gives us an advantage as well. So for example, here in the United States, we're seeing responses to all of those top 12 languages. So yes, English, French, Portuguese, Brazil, uh, or Portuguese, Spanish, um, Farsi, uh, Arabic, all of those languages. We're seeing people respond to those ads in those languages here in the United States. Now let's go the other way. Let's go over to Saudi Arabia. We're also seeing responses in English and French and other languages like that in those particular countries. So the great thing about it is there's people that speak you know native tongues all over the world. We're able to reach them wherever they are really transcending borders. And so that, again, allows us, gives us a bit of an advantage um, to reach people uh, where they are and in, in their time of need. Mm, that's really cool. So I'm sure in some of those places that are maybe hostile to the gospel, there's uh, stories that are coming out of those locations that you guys, like back to the story piece, 
you have to be careful in how you communicate that story. And so are, is there, uh, are you guys like IJM will do an asterisk by uh, the name of, and they'll, they'll change the name of the person's story and, and they'll put an asterisk. Hey, this is not their real name. We've changed it for privacy concerns. Are you guys doing kind of stuff like that to take those stories of transformation that we just talked about and pull that story out of a place that may be hostile to gospel and say, Hey, here in this, you know, asterisk mm-hmm. unknown location, this person that we change their name, here's the story of their transformation. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, on our YouTube channel, there's uh, several videos that really show that. So change to names, obviously not real people, but actors. Um, but it, it, it tells the true story of what actually happened and the things that people have experienced and gone through. And, you know, it's a, it's a challenging, um, you know, the 1040 window essentially is a very challenging uh, area. And uh, we see incredible results and incredible responses to, uh, to the gospel. But at the same time, there's the discipleship piece becomes more of a challenge, that the, the plugging people into a church becomes more of a challenge. Um, but it really is important to be able to tell those stories. And we have to, um, because those are the, that's the reality of the kingdom. That's the reality of the gospel is there are people who are really struggling. And at the end of the day, um, they need our prayers. I mean, we need to be mm. praying for these people because uh, it's it's real, and the struggles that they have are are very difficult and very challenging. And they've made a decision that has radically altered their life. Um, Costly, and, yeah. Yeah, it's it's huge. And so, so yes, we do that. We're very careful to uh, to protect those who have shared with us, and we always ask, you know, can we share your story? Uh, we won't share your name or location, and uh, you know. Most of the time people are like, yes, please do. But yes, please change my name and, and don't say where I am. So um, it's, you know, it's an interesting, interesting thing. This, uh, this, this gospel of the kingdom, because it really does change lives, but it can also create some challenges along the way as well. Um, but, you know, just like I was reading in Hebrews, you know, our focus is on eternity. This isn't our home. Um, our home right. is with the Lord. And so, you know, all of those things are, are, concepts that some people, especially new believers don't understand. So then we need to disciple them in those ways to say, Hey, you know what? God's going to take care of you and you're going to get through this. Hmm. So what does the the process look like for you guys from create? Are you creating a piece of content around anxiety and then running an ad on a keyword around anxiety in say a location in Saudi Arabia, specific to a language within that location? And like, is that how you're, is that what the process looks like? A little bit. So we actually have, you're mostly right. Yes. We have language teams around the world. Um, So we have um, people in Southeast Asia. We have people in the Middle East. These are offices um, and staff. And so they, in in South America, and then here in the United States as well, we have several different locations with people who speak different languages um, who help create not only discipleship materials, but then these gospel presentations. And so the way, that we go about doing it is yes, we look at trends um, online through Google and Facebook and, and other YouTube and, and other channels, TikTok and stuff like that. What are the things that people are searching for? Um, and then we place ads based on that. And so, for example, the keyword anxiety and hopelessness and, and suicide, some really difficult uh, topics are, mm-hmm. are trending higher now than they ever have been. And so in response to that, we see that. Hey, let's create a, you know, a 
campaign is the wrong word, but let's create a, a variety of different keywords and, and responses to that. So it's not just anxiety, but there's several different ways to, um, to, to present people with answers to anxiety. So they search for, I feel anxious, then they'll see an ad from us. And then it takes them to a, uh, a page, which kind of, you know, answers that, that felt need. And then also gives them a gospel presentation. And so, mm-hmm. um, what we do from there is, uh, you know, not only do we have the keywords, but then we also have the, uh, like a YouTube ad, we'll put together some just short little video ads, real simple. Um, but those obviously get a lot more views than some of the keywords these days. And so, yes, there's, you know, print ads, video ads, um, and a variety of different other things that we do, um, just to get in front of people, to give them that opportunity to, to see the gospel. Um, and again, we don't necessarily do it by, um, geography. It's all done by language. And so wherever they're searching in whatever language they're searching in, they could be served that ad or that video, um, you know, based on that particular language versus their actual location. Oh, cool. And so on the YouTube stuff, are you running like pre-roll ad type stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Pre-roll ads, um, you know, the, the, the interruptive ads that they're doing now in the middle of videos um, and, <laughs> and just all over the place. You know, I look at some of our, you know, stats and, and what are the, the websites and what are the properties that we're seeing the most responses to. And it's, you know, as, as not a, a big uh, consumer of Internet content, I'm just surprised at some of the stuff that's out there. And so I look at some of these you know, these, you know, different influencers and different things that are going on out there and uh, the amount of people that are watching this content that people are creating. But then we also realize those people are in need and it's those people mm. who are searching, who are looking at, like, there's a lot of different content out there around like horror movies and, you know, s- scaring like tactics and, you know, pretty dark stuff. And those types of, of, um, web properties we're seeing a lot of positive responses and, and more responses than, than a lot of other properties. So it's fascinating to see what are people responding to? How are they responding to it? And where are they coming from to see this, this, this good news? And um, it's, again, we have all that data and it's just amazing. So once we see a, an increase in from that particular topic, um, we just pour more resources into it and we try to reach even more people because we're seeing a response there. And so we can, we can kind of pivot and shift like that as needed. That's, that's really interesting. That's cool. Uh, I think that transitions a little, uh, pretty well to my next question. Um, what are you guys currently most excited about with what God is doing through, uh, global media outreach and offline? You've talked about this, uh, this new campaign, whatever we want to call it called something better. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually pretty exciting. So, um, you know, because we don't really uh, focus geographically, it's really by language, um, you know, that can actually create, you know, a few, um, not challenges, but you realize maybe there's some countries that really could use more of a focus with the gospel. And so one of those countries we realized a few years ago was the United States. Uh, so our founder, Walt Wilson, um, heard from the Lord that uh, we need to do a specific concerted effort to reach the United States with the gospel. And so it's a little bit of a, a, a shift in what we've done historically. It doesn't change what we're doing all around the world. We're just taking the kind of a little sidecar or a, like a campaign, like you said, and said, hey, let's actually focus on ads here in the United States, which we can do as well. 
So um, we're calling it something better because we believe that Jesus is something better. And um, the whole idea here is uh, we, we created a, a strategic alliance with a gentleman named Michael Belk. And Michael Belk is a kind of a famous fashion photographer from back in the day. Um, his pre-Christian days, you would see his photographs in some of the most you know, famous fashion magazines, um, clothing magazines and stuff like that. Uh, well, he, you know, Lord encountered him and, and he decided to put all of his effort towards um, this, this project called Journeys with the Messiah. And what he has done in, with Journeys with the Messiah is created these incredible images of Jesus, kind of first century Jesus in a 21st century context. And so we're taking these, these beautiful images that he, these beautiful photographs, and we're presenting them here in the United States um, with keywords um, that we talked about a little while ago, kind of answering the, the questions or answering the, I feel hopeless or I feel anxious or I feel lonely, what have you, with a combination of gospel presentations in, in print, in, in words, but then a gospel presentation in these images. And it's a mm. really interesting combination. Uh, and I say interesting because we're actually seeing higher response rates so far here in the United States than we do around the world. Not, not largely uh, higher, but, you know, 15 to 16% globally response rates to 20 to 21% response rates here in the United States with these images and with the gospel presentations. So it's, it's kind of a test for us. We just launched it in October and uh, we just want to see, is this going to work? Will people respond to words and images? And the initial results are, yes, people are responding to this. And again, the whole idea is, as we all know, this, we're, we're going through some difficult times in this country. And yes, around the world, but particularly in this country, um, we're more divided than we've ever been. And, And at the end of the day, as believers, we know this, you know, Jesus is the answer. He's the unifier. Um, he's the one that would, you know, is going to bring everybody together. Um, but for those who don't know him, um, or maybe those who have forgotten about him, uh, we just want to remind people again at their point of need, when they're searching for something, um, around, you know, feeling hopeless or suicidal or anxious or whatever it might be. Um, we want to present them with the gospel and say, Hey, this is, the answer. And this Jesus is something better for you. Um, and so it's, you know, again, something different, but, uh, we're, we're excited so far with the initial results that we're seeing. Well, that's so interesting that, um, the work that we do or line is, is a lot of art. I'm a photographer by trade. That's how I got into this. I, to this day, when we travel, I still do the, all the photography. And so that imagery is incredibly, uh, I'm passionate about it. And so to see the response that you guys are have having to these images, uh, I think that that is something that the church has lost in the last several hundred years. And, you know, early Catholic church understood the power of art and uh, the, the ability for it to communicate a story and, and tell a story well. And I think they probably, uh, maybe you could argue that, they took it a little bit too far, but um, <laughs> I <Sure>. there's <laughs> something to be said about uh, like the ability for art to engage people, and um, that's really cool and really interesting. That to, at least to me, that you guys are seeing so much engagement in that space because I think that that is something that the church, like I said, is lost um, of recent. And it would be really, I'd love to see the church 
begin to engage more in um, art and creativity uh, a lot more and a lot more effectively than she is right now. So that's that's awesome that you guys are seeing that kind of response and engagement with uh, some really done, some really well done imagery. Yeah, yes, it is interesting, and I agree with you. I think we've kind of lost that that element of uh, from a church perspective on the imagery because I mean, you know, it's it's. Images are powerful, and we know that from a, a negative standpoint, but we we know from a positive standpoint too. I mean, these these images are, are having an effect on people, and so um, that's a real positive outcome from this. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I, don't, I forget the stat exactly, but it's something like when you see an image and words together, your retention rate on that topic or whatever it is is upwards of like seventy four percent. If it's just words. It's, you know, your retention rate's like less than 10% or something like that. If it's just an image, you know, the retention rate is like 40%. But combining those two things together, you get this much higher retention rate. And that really is one of the goals is for people to see these images. And they really are stunning. If you stop and look at it and look at all the detail that's going on in, it's not just a picture of Jesus with a guy with his head on his lap, you know, who's exhausted. There's so much more going on in that particular picture um, that, that, that we're using. That one's actually called rest for the weary. And that's something that a lot of people are, are feeling right now is weariness. And so if we can, com- you know, you combine that image, which causes people to stop and like, huh. And then you put some words behind it about who Jesus is and that he actually does have rest for you. If you're feeling weary, um, that just tends to have this, this higher retention rate, which again, that's what we want people. If people don't click on that ad right then and there, hopefully it's made an imprint in their mind and they'll come back to it later. Uh, and so, mm. yeah, it's, 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 again, it's new for us. Um, we haven't done this. And so it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to see the initial, you know, the early results. Um, but so I think, you know, we're onto something God's God's onto something here. Yeah. But well, as he always is always moving and working ahead of us. Right. Right. Yes. How did your, uh, how did your partnership with Michael Belt come about? You know, that's a great question. So um, Walt Wilson, our founder, and, and Michael Belk were both speaking at a, uh, an event several years ago. And um, after that event, uh, Michael, or I'm sorry, Walt Wilson, our, our founder, reached out to Michael and, and said something along the lines of, hey, you know what? God spoke to me. I feel like we're supposed to partner together. And as Michael would tell the stories, like, man, I get calls like that all the time. And my answer is always no. But he felt like this was different. And so Walt flew down to Florida to meet with um, with Michael Belk in person and just explained this vision that he had for this thing. And even the, the words, something better that, that, that God gave him and said, hey, I just want to strike an alliance with you. I feel like this can have a really powerful impact for the kingdom. And it was just sitting there in Michael Belk's living room that they said, yes, let's do this. And that was a couple of years ago. So it's taken a little bit of time, you know, to get this going. Um, but we're, here we are, you know, finally with this thing launched, but it's, it was just one of those chance encounters where they just, these two gentlemen just happened to be speaking and, uh, you know, God knew it. He he was, it was part of his plan. And, uh, and now we're seeing it finally come to fruition. So, um, man, you never know who you're going to meet and, and uh, what's going to come from it. Right. Yeah. And why do you think people are responding to this, to these ads, uh, more than some of your past traditional ads, do you think it's because that imagery has been paired with words? I mean, have you guys not done imagery paired with words in the past? Yeah, not quite the same. And honestly, we haven't used this type of imagery. That's, that's the thing. I think it's the picture. Gotcha. Michael's, Michael's 
Michael Belk's imagery, I mean, the pictures are stunning and it's just interesting. Um, you know, if you can go to Journeys with Messiah, Journeys with the Messiah uh, website and look at all his different pictures, you, can, you know, he has books and stuff you can purchase, um, coffee table books and all that kind of stuff. But it's really interesting because you get this, again, this first century Jesus is kind of maybe what he would look like. You know, you don't even necessarily have to look at his face, but just kind of what he's dressed in and all that kind of stuff. And that's superimposed on a uh, situation for today. And it's just, it's that combination, that striking combination of, of, uh, you know, Jesus right there, this Jesus of the Bible is actually relevant and is here today as well. And it's just that combination in those images. I, I really do think, um, I don't have proof of this, but I think the reason we're seeing the higher response rates is because the images are just stunning and it's causing people to stop and be like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't picture Jesus like that. I didn't think that's who he was. You know, I saw him as something else or I saw God as, you know, something different and um, not something better, you know? And so um, I, I think that's the main reason we're seeing these, these increased results. It's just, just the beauty of the photographs. So you're taking that content, you're running, you're running ads on it in specific languages is are all the words translated already for those 12 languages that you guys are focusing on? Well, actually, right. There's something better is just a United States yes. uh, campaign. It's just the U.S. right now and just English. We are working on translating it into Spanish as well, which would then open up, um, you know, still be here in the United States mostly. Um, but, yeah, so it's just English right now. So, again, kind of it's it's we, we're kind of liking it to a, to a test. I mean, it's it's launched. It's out there. But we just wanted to say, hey, is this actually going to work? And now that we're seeing that it is working, it's like, okay, we need to expand this. And so over the course of, you know, this whatever's left of this year and next year, uh, we will be working on Spanish and maybe even Portuguese after that. You know, the, the next kind of top language is here in the United States and in the Americas. Okay. So you're running it here as a trial mm -hmm. before we see if it makes sense to run it at a global level. Yeah. But again, you know, people can outside the United States, if they're searching for this in English, this actually could be one of the, the ads or one of the images that they see from other places around the world. And so we do see you know, responses globally from this, but really the focus is just here in the United States. And so, you know, it's just, again, it's interesting to see, you know, where are people responding? Um, how are they responding? And what are they responding to? And, um, you know, this just happens to see some increase, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, that's exciting. So walk us through the follow-up process. You've talked about creating content, running ad against it in a specific language, uh, whether depending on the content, whether it's all 12 languages or just for this campaign in English right now. Once somebody has said, hey, I want to learn more about this content or I want to make a digital decision for Christ, how are you following up with those people and starting to engage in a discipleship relationship? What does that, what does that next step look like in the, in this uh, digital uh, strategy? Yeah. Great question. So um, after someone sees a gospel presentation, um, you know, they, or they're searching for, you know, a certain keyword, they click on one of our ads or they're watching, you know, video, they click on one of our ads, they're taken to a, a, a real simple uh, page that presents the gospel. And it's, it's just, you know, who is Jesus? And, and it even has a prayer on there that you can pray. Um, and so once they hit that page and they scroll down to the bottom, they have an option to say, uh, yes, I prayed this prayer. No, I didn't pray this prayer. 
or I have more questions. And so um, that's one of the ways that we track to know the, the effectiveness of these different pages is there actually is a, uh, they actually have to take action on that landing page and, and scroll. So that takes away a lot of the different bots and a lot of the different false positives um, from someone just hitting a page, but not actually scrolling down. So if they scroll down and they click on, yes, I prayed this prayer, uh, we count that as an indicated decision. Um, if they say no, um, we obviously don't count that as an indicated decision. If they say they have more questions, same thing. It's not an indicated decision. But regardless of their response, when they click on one of those buttons, they go to another page and then it has a form they can fill out. Hey, congratulations for saying yes. We would like to connect with you. Um, if you'd like, input your information and we'll be in touch with you. And so they voluntarily at that point put in their information, name and email address. And from that, then it goes into our database uh, which are online missionaries, which we have online missionaries around the world, 3,500 of them. They're all volunteers. They're not paid staff. Um, they would then receive this, um, this, yes, I want to connect with someone. And they go into the database and, you know, depending on the language that they're responding in, they can then respond to that person um, and then start a discipleship, online discipleship uh, relationship, mostly through email, um, sometimes through Facebook and other chat methods, but mostly through email. Oh, cool. And so numbers of people getting to that point where they're entering into a email conversation, for example, with a volunteer missionary, the numbers are pretty staggering. You guys are seeing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So um, for this year, um, I'm sorry, after looking at last year's stats, um, we figured it was about 650,000 people a day are uh, getting a gospel presentation. Um, of that, 50,000 people are saying yes to Jesus and getting, and this is, these are rough numbers. It fluctuates every day, but this is an average number based on all of last year's um, statistics. And then from there, um, there's a certain number of people, and I'm actually trying to find that stat real quick here. I usually have this right in front of me. Um, Bear with me for just a second. No worries. There it is. Got my pages right in front of me. So on average, here it is for fiscal year 2020. Um, our fiscal year actually starts September 1st. So from uh, September 1st of 2019 through August 31st of 2020, we saw an average of 375,000 gospel visits every day. Um, an average of about 50,000 people saying yes to Jesus. And then about an average of 4,000 people a day giving us their contact information. And so what that means is kind of that process I just explained. They go from a gospel presentation, they say yes or no, or I have questions. Either one of those three, when they get to the next page, they have an option to engage with us. So about 4,000 of those people a day will say yes, connect with me. Um, I want to I wanna learn more. Um, and then from there, we can either, you know, again, have a conversation with them if they're up for that. Sometimes people just want a little bit more information. So we'll send them to our discipleship website, which is godlife.com. And from there, they can, you know, download Bible apps and, and a whole bunch of different discipleship content that's on there. And so, um, you know, the, the numbers go from pretty high to pretty low. But I think a lot of people, if they're really serious about discipleship, they do reach out to us and we do have those ongoing relationships and multiple contacts with people through this discipleship, uh, uh, process. Man. So f f you're saying 4,000 a day 
are wanting to jump on a email conversation with somebody. Exactly. And then, you know, whether they do or not is still, you know, to be determined. So some people say yes, and then they don't answer an email. And so, but yeah, about 4,000 people a day on average, uh, based on last year's numbers. Mm -hmm. So are you guys able to keep up with those numbers? Like with the volunteer base that you have? You know, uh, not really. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, that is a challenge. You know, we, we, we're always recruiting uh, new online missionaries and um, like because they're volunteers, we don't pay them. It's it's people who just love discipleship and want to help people, and people who have time, you know, to do that. It doesn't take a lot of time, but um, there are definitely people who, uh, you know, maybe have to wait a couple of days to uh, to to be you know to reach out to someone. So, um, but it's just interesting to know that there are that many people who are saying yes. I want I want something. Give me something. So. A lot of times it's like, hey, where can I go just to learn more or read more? And so we'll, we'll again, we'll guide them to our website, godlife.com. And from there, um, they can download, like I said, you know, the Bible app, um, the version. They can download, you know, different um, discipleship materials, Bible studies. You know, there's topical, I mean, there's all kinds of content on there. A lot of times that's sufficient for some people. But then there's other people who continue that dialogue and they say, hey, I don't understand or I want more or I'm struggling in this area or whatever. And then we can have that conversation with them online. Man, that's incredible. That's uh, most of the ministries that we talk to or that are functioning in this digital discipleship space. I mean, that's what I keep hearing is that there's just by the tens of thousands, most times people that are interested, wanting to learn more, wanting to have conversations with somebody about Jesus and one of the guys that I was talking to just said uh, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Like that, the reality of that verse in this digital discipleship space is so prevalent. There's just more people wanting to have those conversations than there are people willing to come alongside and engage. And um, man, what would it what would it look like if the church was for one, just aware that, Hey, there are people that you can engage with online. If just come alongside global media outreach or whoever it is say, Hey, I'm willing to be a volunteer and engage with these people. Uh, and the, the ramifications of that would be, I think really, really significant. And that's just a consistency that I keep seeing with the ministries we're talking to about in this space is that there's just so much, uh, opportunity for discipleship engagement. Yeah, it's so true, man. It's there's the, the opportunity is unbelievable, and I mean, you know, it's easy to think, you know, by looking at the the, the current events of what's going on around the world, it's easy to think that well, maybe that many people, there's not very many people who are interested, or you know, this whole you know gospel of the kingdom, you know, Jesus, all that stuff is just kind of going away. It's like no, it's actually not. <laughs> it's actually growing. Yeah. And there's more people who are more hungry than ever before who want to know about Jesus and who need to be discipled. And man, if the church could understand that it actually doesn't take very much. I mean, I was just thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I think you and I maybe even talked about this offline. You know, imagine if a local church, say here in Colorado Springs, a local church could could just take a little bit of budget, run a a few Google ads to say, hey, you know, are you feeling anxious, lonely, you know, hopeless, whatever? Um, we're here to help. 
connect with them online via email or chat or whatever it is just to say, hey, I'm here for you. Um, I want to walk through this with you. Oh, and by the way, I would love for you to come and visit my church. In fact, I'd be willing to meet you out front this Sunday at 10 o'clock at XYZ Church. I'm going to be wearing blue jeans and a, and a red flannel shirt. My name's Randy. I'd love just to connect with you and then walk you into church and, and just kind of introduce you to a few people and then create a relationship with someone. I mean, the outreach opportunity is staggering because mm. there's so many people who are in our, our own communities um, who want to be discipled and they want Jesus. They just either they're afraid or they're unsure or they've been hurt or whatever it is. But man, to extend that, that hand and to say, hey, I'm here for you. I care about you. I actually want you to um, get through this situation and I have a solution for you. His name is Jesus. And I would love to disciple you and, and tell you more about who he is and, and you know what he's all about. It could again, that's a game changer. And I just I don't I don't know why it's not happening, but um but it's not. And I think it's an opportunity, a huge opportunity for the church. Yeah. Well uh, Randy, this has been this has been really awesome. I want to make sure that we get to some of these other questions. So I'm yeah. gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break this into a two part uh, episode, part one and part two. So we're gonna take a break and uh, we'll come back with the rest of these questions in part two. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes Store, and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.